Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. If you're a senior living in the St. Louis area, you may well have some extra space in your house. That's the thing about St. Louis houses. They're often big. At the same time, younger people are in need of good housing options. And for the right rent reduction, they might be more than willing to do the kind of chores you'd love to outsource, from walking the dog to mowing the lawn. Put the two together and everybody wins. So how do you put them together? You just need someone willing to play matchmaker. And that's the idea behind a new St. Louis-based service. It's called Odd Couples Housing. And pre-pandemic, it was responsible for more than 20 successful pairings across the metro. Producer Emily Woodbury got to visit one of those odd couples in their home. It was one of the last days before social distancing orders hit, so she was not being unsafe as she went to visit. Let's go listen in on her visit with Amy Taylor and Yuki Hanashiro at home in University City on March 11th. Are you Amy? I am. Hi, nice I'm to Emily. Meet you. Nice, nice to meet, meet you. you. I hope you didn't have any trouble finding it. No, not at all. Okay. Just come on in. Wow. Thanks. I'm Amy Taylor. I lived in Connecticut for many years, and when I was renovating a home in Connecticut, a good friend of mine, a, a retired psychiatrist, asked me uh, if I wanted to stay at her home while out my while my kitchen was being renovated. And I absolutely loved it. We uh, we had another roommate, Adam, and the three of us basically sort of formed kind of a family unit. I enjoyed it, and I think we all benefited from it because it it is a social. It's a type of social interaction, um, and it seems that these days that it is difficult to to have social interaction with uh, in the in a, with, in a busy life. So when I moved to St. Louis, I specifically bought a home where I could see how. Uh, I could have roommates. I'm Yuki Hanashiro. I'm from Japan, and I'm. I, I came here as a grad student, and since 2018 August. So you've had two months together now. How have the first few months been? How has that transition been? It's been good. Yuki's a great roommate, <laughs> and uh, um, she studies a lot. So I have to say, I don't see her all the time. When I lived in Connecticut and had that experience, we were with each other a little bit more and did more social things. But Yuki is very busy, which is a student, a student's life. I'm not a student, and I remember that. But um, it's nice to have someone to come home, uh, and when she comes home, it's nice to say hello and have a good day, and just to kind of have a sense that there's someone in the home. I like that. I really like this house, and then Amy is very nice. And yeah, like she said, I often like um, study in the library, so it, I don't like see her a lot. But I still like here, and uh, I love her cats. In general, I think that people need to be open-minded towards other persons and um, interested in, in getting to know another person and getting to know another culture, as in Yuki, and and open to friendship and. It's a great way of, of experiencing less loneliness and meaningfulness in one's life. And, and also, I do, get, I do get paid $500 a month, and that does help with a mortgage. It's not really why I do it, but that does help. How about you? What would you say to someone who is interested in doing something similar on your side of things? I'm an international student, so I sometimes feel lonely. But this is a good experience because... Like living here, like I'm living with like people, and then 
like I can meet cats, so I don't feel lonely. Yeah, since I live here. What's uh, one thing that you've both learned from each other in the two months you've been living together? Well, I could tell you what I would like. I'm eager for her to learn uh, to do Japanese cooking. <laughs> do you like to cook? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you have a specific like dish it. in mind? No, I don't. I don't know anything. I don't know much about it, but I'm eager to learn more about her culture. I also want to learn how to cook American food because I just like went to restaurant and then yeah, I never cooked American food. So, what's something about American culture that you've learned from being in here? Like not custom thing. Um, like inside the decoration thing, I really like uh, American like decoration and like European style. <laughs> like the wall is, they have color. So in Japan, we don't have any. Like most of walls are made of woods. I didn't know that Yuki. So most of the the walls are wood. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else I didn't ask you about that you'd like to add? I would just say one other thing. I'm a psychiatrist, and, and one thing I see is that, that uh, there's a lot of depression in, in, the, in the society at this moment. And one thing that I think is the cause is that there's lack of social connectedness now that there's more uh, social media on our phones. And uh, having to the ability to live with other people, to say hello to an actual real person in the morning, as opposed to Instagram friends. I think there's a lot to be said for having people in one's life. And that's one reason I do it. I would really like to say it to international people. I really recommend that like, they need, not in dorm, like in actual house, to know American culture and then it's also very close from school and cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you well. Thank you. And that was Amy Taylor and Yuki Hanashiro visiting with producer Emily Woodbury. And we do want to note Yuki was able to get a flight back to Japan within a few weeks of that conversation, and she is there at home now. Um, and joining me today to talk about this new service is John Levis. He's an independent investment banker and consultant, and more importantly for this conversation, he is the co-founder of Odd Couples Housing. John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for, uh, for having us, Sarah. And we're also joined by Brian Carpenter. He's director of Odd Couples Housing, and he's also a professor of psychological and brain sciences at Washington University. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. Hi, John. Hi, Brian. How are you? So, John, we have seniors with too much space. We have younger people who need space. What was your eureka moment in realizing you needed to play matchmaker for these two entities? Well, it actually started because of my wife being an only child, and um, but she had a widowed mother who uh, owned some properties in the city and uh, wanted to know whether I, how I would feel about collecting rent, and I knew at the time that we needed a liquidity event, so we sold the buildings, and my mother-in-law moved into a condominium uh, in Creve Coeur. And to make the matters more interesting, my mother-in-law was a twin, and her twin sister was living uh, in Clayton in an apartment, and 
my wife was basically, you know, caretaking both her mom and her aunt. Mm -hmm. And so we talked the aunt into buying a condominium in the same complex. Makes a lot of sense. Get them under the the same roof. So they, 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 uh, we, they each bought a condominium. One was on the first floor. One was on the second floor. That was because uh, my wife had a feeling that they didn't always get along. But <laughs> I, I observed it for uh, a couple of years, and I, they were both paying um, two lane assessments. They both had two-bedroom, two-bath condominiums. And so I said to my wife one night, you know, they're, they're both... They're both using one bedroom and one bath. Wouldn't it be a good idea, perhaps, if if uh, we put them together? And she said, oh, they'd never go together. I said, well, they started out that way, didn't they? <laughs> They're <laughs> so, twins. <laughs> so so uh, after many discussions, we decided to try it, and my mother-in-law moved down with her sister. And um, once I was able to standardize on the audiovisual controls so that they they both had problems knocking themselves out of the proper mode when they tried to go to smart TV, et cetera. So I put nail polish on the controls, made them all the same. Uh, and then I did something that was uh, I, I just thought would help the situation. They, the only thing they argued about was the temperature. So I went to Home Depot and bought a, a, a thermostat that was not real, and I put it on the wall under the other one and told one sister, one each had their own thermostat, and once they were able to move the dials up and down, there were no more arguments about temperatures. So I, I mean, these are some ingenious twin counseling here. Uh, <laughs> but, but at what point did you realize you needed to expand into intergenerational housing? That seems well, like a big what leap. Happened, what happened was a number of my friends uh, said, you know, geez, that's a really good idea. I have parents in the same condition. So we, we uh, bought my partner and I bought a practicum at Washington University at the Olin School where they do a study on business uh, business practicality. Is this a good idea? Um, interview focus groups and that kind of thing. About halfway through the semester, they came back to us and said, look, your idea is a great one hmm. of combining people, um, but if you do it if you do it with the same generation and it doesn't work out, you're going to have a displaced person. How about us? And I said, who's us? And they said, how about graduate students? And I said, would you really be interested in living with a senior? Oh, absolutely. We'd like to live in another, you know, in a nicer place. And mm. we would uh, we would really, you know, I, I was miss my grandmother, et cetera, et cetera. So we to use a, an Olin term, we pivoted and changed the model to where we focused on intergenerational housing. And because St. Louis has such a great housing stock, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there was a tendency of, of seniors wanting to age in place and their adult children would worry about them being alone. And the way to satisfy that is to have somebody live with them. So we decided, you know, this is the shift that we're going to make, and that was really the formation of Odd Couples. So the grad students really suggested themselves. They knew this is something that would be appealing to them. Uh, Brian, how do you make sure then that you're not pairing, say, a loud partier kind of grad student with a quiet, neatnik senior who's not going to be appreciative of having that under their roof? <laughs> Good question. And as you heard from the conversation between Amy and Yuki, 
you know, Amy has cats, and you definitely wouldn't want to put somebody in Amy's household who didn't like cats or was allergic to cats. So we spent a, a fair amount of time developing a set of questions that would help us identify whether there were certain characteristics of the house or characteristics of the people that might make for a better or a worse match. Hmm. And we're refining those questions as we get more and more matches to figure out how we can do a better job at finding people who are going to be compatible. So have you had some issues in the past where maybe it wasn't the best match that was initially made? John, do you yes, want to tell we, that story about the international yeah, we, student? We, we, did, we, did, we did one of the first matches. I, I, um, the parties will go unnamed, obviously, but um, a, a couple of friends of mine in the Central West End had a, had a carriage house, and they were very excited about the program. And uh, before we became... Uh, aware of cultural differences potentially causing problems. Um, but we had a, a Chinese Ph.D. student uh, at Washington U move in with a, a couple that were actually friends of mine. Hmm. And one night I overheard the lady of the house and my wife talking uh, on the phone, and there was a comment about um, this woman is bugging me about my weight from the lady of the house, and oh. she caught me eating a potato chip and suggested that I didn't need to do that, and I am not very happy about it. So we have uh, that didn't work out so well, so we facilitated a change there, if you will. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so we f- facilitated a change, but also it um, caused us to create a set of questions and comments about different cultures and do's and don'ts, if you will, for international students Mm -hmm. um, and for the homeowners that were having an international student, recognizing the fact that they're different cultures and different things that were were pointed out to us. We actually surveyed uh, homeowners and, uh, and students about what cultural questions should be asked and one of the things that came up was, listen, you know, don't have them do one pair of socks, you know, in the washing machine at two o'clock in the morning, please. I mean, mm-hmm. so those were those were that list is now complete. And that that is uh, we provide that to every couple. OK, so you do a little coaching on the front end. Um, you know, we talked about some of the the issues that come up, but you obviously also have some success stories. You know, our, our producer met Amy and uh, Yuki and and that was going great. Brian, what do you see as sort of the things that these successful pairings have in common? Um, the, the successful pair, it, it's really very interesting. It's um, the successful pairing pairings um, actually begin to share uh, not only cultural ideas, but activities. And we find with a number of couples that they comment that they're trying things they hadn't tried. Either the younger person is suggesting something or the older person is back and forth. It's pretty much of a fair fight, uh, if you will, because both sides are, are helping the other. And I think intergenerational living is, you know, turns out to be a very positive thing. I can tell you that during this pandemic, those uh, homeowners that we have, the couples that we have now, where the individual would have been living alone and has somebody younger living with them and and has the ability to go out and do the grocery shopping, et cetera, et cetera, really 
um, is fueling uh, some real great testimonials from people about hmm. what's going on, as you would as you would imagine. And quite frankly, I, I think the the um, I, I think the notion of aging in place, especially because homes tend to be the biggest asset that um, the senior has is is really important and adult children of seniors really like the fact if mom or dad isn't living alone and they've got somebody living with them that they know and is there and you know mm-hmm. to, to sort of look over and make sure things are going smoothly they feel some sense of security knowing there's there's a younger person in the house um brian we heard amy commenting on how yes she was getting um some help with the mortgage through having yuki there but overall that wasn't what was most important to her is that unusual uh with the seniors who are opening up their homes in this way I don't think so at all. And as you can imagine, the people who are interested in something like odd couples, they're, they're a self-selected group of folks who are open-minded and interested in meeting a new person and sharing some space. But I think Amy's comment is right on the money that this is a great opportunity to help people stay connected, stay engaged, learn new things, and avoid that isolation and loneliness that can be more common as people grow older as their social networks shrink and as they may have more physical limitations that make it harder for them to get out in the community. So you're we're all now in this pandemic and this obviously means people aren't moving into new apartments, people aren't seeking new pairings. But once this is all over, uh, Brian, do you think we'll see some big growth for your service? I do. I think John's you know pointed out several advantages to this uh, situation already and I think as people come to understand that this might be a way to help them stay in their home as long as possible and get the benefits of meeting a new friend. But I think that more younger people and older people will see this as an attractive option moving forward. Well, Brian Carpenter, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thanks, Sarah. And Brian is director of Odd Couples Housing. He's also a professor of psychological and brain sciences at Washington University. And John Levis, a co-founder of Odd Couples Housing, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us, Sarah. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.